Welcome to the Gospel Matrescence Podcast. Matrescence, the physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional transformation women go through when becoming a mother. This developmental stage of life is as powerful and irreversible as adolescence, and yet few women have ever heard of it. Our communities have little to no rites of passage to celebrate or prepare for it, but here, at Gospel Matrescence, we apply a biblical worldview to the beautiful and sometimes painful metamorphosis of motherhood. Come, let's navigate motherhood together. Hello again, and welcome back to the Gospel Matrescence Podcast. This is episode 11, where we will be digging into um, one more of the eight pillars of thriving matrescence. So today we're going to be discussing mental strength. And so, um, you know, I've it's a Friday morning, a sunny Friday morning here in my home in Colorado. And Fridays are, um, there may be my favorite day of the week because our family does a lot of, um, we do a hybrid school Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and my kids are part of a Thursday program. So Friday is one of those days that we can just slow down a little bit. And this morning I have been digging deep into this concept of mental strength um, and how it pertains to motherhood and matrescence. And, um, you know, just thinking on the women who have gone before us, one of the the concepts of matrescence is that motherhood and the strength behind motherhood is built in community. It's built multi-generationally, that we have a heritage around us and behind us and before us of of mothers, whether those are mothers that are in our own family unit or whether these are mothers in our community or whether we look back to history to learn something about generations that have gone before us. And I think in this particular pillar, um, we have a lot to learn um, from mothers of previous generations. I, I don't think I would have many people disagree with me when I say that mental strength uh, is something that mothers of the past had more than modern day mothers that somehow our culture in the progression that we have gone, we have been moving more towards um, mental weakness with our uh, mental health crisis that we're experiencing as a society with um, sometimes the lack of grit and fortitude, um, the lack of ability to withstand difficult circumstances, our weakness under suffering. Um, and so these are all things that we're going to be digging into today as we discuss um, the, the pillar of mental strength. And so in our um, eight pillars of thriving matrescence, we have a definition for each of the pillars. And then if you've taken the matrescence quiz, you'll see that there are these statements that you would answer the question, you know, how often is this statement true for me? Is it never true? Is it sometimes true? Is it most often true? Is it always true? So listen to these statements. And I would, I would say that in generations gone by, now we can go all the way back to the mothers of the Bible when we see, you know, Eve, the mother of all living things, and we move up through the mothers of the Old Testament. Um, 
Sarah and Rachel and Ruth and all of the women that we see through the Old Testament. Then we move into, you know, the mother of the New Testament that we look to, the mother of Christ, Mary. And then as we look through history, we see other mothers that we can um, look towards. I think of Susanna Wesley, um, John Wesley's mother, and um, and just all the different mothers that we can look to and think about these, even maybe the mothers in your own family heritage. If you are blessed to know two or three generations back, think of your grandma, think of your great grandma, think of maybe stories from the Great Depression or if your family immigrated from another nation, a mother who had to embrace tremendous mental strength to keep her children alive. Mothers during the Holocaust or um, stories of motherhood, mothers in other cultures, African mothers. And what um, does a mentally strong mother look like? So listen to these statements. Uh, I desire to be a mentally strong mama. That's probably an easy one that we can all say yes to. Yes. That statement is true of me. I have a basic sense of neuroscience and how it explains my own cognitive abilities. I have some skills for how to calm my nervous system when I experience anxiety. I have a healthy view of the value of adversity in my life. I have a working understanding of the concept of anti-fragility and how both stress and disorder helps me grow and improve. I am not afraid to ask for help when I face a mental health struggle. I am careful to guard my mental health by limiting negative factors such as social media and and feeding my soul instead. And I can recognize personal triggers and I am working towards building mental strength in my own life. So some of the resources that I have leaned upon as I prepared for this episode and just in my personal study of um matrescence and mental strength, I'm going to be referring to three different books. And um, I am a avid reader and I love consuming information. I love new knowledge. And so these three books um, are all touching on this area. None of them are particularly connected to motherhood, but they all have really great lessons for us to learn in motherhood. So um, the first book is called The Comfort Crisis. It's written by Michael Easter, and the um, subtitle is Embrace Discomfort to Reclaim Your Wild happy, healthy self. So, you know, translate that that, um, a mother, the comfort crisis for moms. How do moms embrace discomfort to reclaim our wild, happy, healthy motherhood self? Um, So that's the comfort crisis by Michael Easter. The second book is called Anti-Fragile. And the subtitle of this book is Things That Gain from disorder. Um, and this is a really fascinating book that I'll be referring to and is connected to that statement um, that having a healthy view of adversity and a working understanding of the concept of anti-fragility and how anti-fragility cannot come unless we experience stress and disorder as a mother. Um, and then the third book is a book that if you've hung out with me at all, you've heard me refer to this book often. It's called The Boy Who Was Raised as a Dog um, by Dr. Bruce Perry. And um, I am in the process of earning a PhD in counseling. And so I'm fascinated with um, just the mind, with psychological concepts, with family systems, and with particularly mothers and children is, as you can tell, a passion of mine. And so The Boy Who Was Raised as a Dog is a series of stories from Dr. Bruce Perry's experience as a world-renowned child psychiatrist. Um, 
is particularly in areas of trauma, where there was a great disruption in the attachment between a mother and her children and a father and his children and how these children grew and what is it that contributes to health in the area of experiencing trauma and even traumatic effects of brain development? And what is it that raises people out of that? I think we've all known various stories of maybe a few people in your life and you have one person that experienced just a tremendous amount of trauma, maybe abandonment or maybe witnessing a family member be killed or rape or severe sexual abuse or brokenness in the family, and yet they were able somehow to move on with life. And then you maybe have another person in your life that experienced maybe a fraction of that trauma, maybe, you know, rejection or bullying as they were younger, struggled with body image issues, or, um, and yet the effects of the trauma on their life are 10 times more disastrous than some other people. And I think many social scientists are very curious about um, our modern day generation because we look at generations gone by. We look at generations who endured such tremendous suffering. Um, even the pilgrims as they came over to America and, you know, two thirds of them died in the first year that they were here. Or we look ahead to, um, World War One and the devastation that came through that World War Two and the Holocaust and, um, families that had to rise up from such, such suffering. And we saw a mental strength and fortitude in them that today we don't see, even though our suffering is a fraction of what they endured, we seem to be so much more affected by that trauma. And Bruce Perry has a lot of interesting philosophies on why this might be. And he boils a lot of it down to connection, human connection, that trauma, um, the human spirit can endure tremendous trauma when they have connection, but it's even a small amount of trauma with no human connection will have more disastrous effects than massive traumas with connection. And we see this kind of reflected in these other two books, The Comfort Crisis and Anti-Fragile. Um, both of them make this giant claim that disorder, suffering, and stress and adversity actually produce good things in us. And yet the world's perspective is stress produces disorders, that we have even this working definition of post-traumatic stress disorder, that when you endure trauma, adversity, and stress, you will be diseased. You will experience some type of disorder. And I would argue, absent of human connection, Absolutely. Trauma and suffering um, does produce dis-ease in the human soul when there is no connection. But when there is human connection and when there is connection with God, trauma, stress, and adversity have an opposite effect. <laughs> they actually take you from being fragile to being anti-fragile. They actually gain from disorder. And in the book, Anti-Fragile, he gives kind of a spectrum. Imagine a spectrum. And on one side, on the far left, you have fragile. We all know things that are fragile. And we'll take like a physical item, like a, a glass is very fragile. When it's dropped, when it experiences some type of stress or impact or adversity, it will break. And then in the middle of that spectrum, we have this term called robust. And maybe that would be a plastic cup, that when you drop a plastic cup, it is not fragile. It's not going to break. It's robust. It maintains its same properties when it experiences some type of impact or stress. 
But then on the far right side, we have this concept called anti-fragile. And the author makes the argument that the human spirit is not meant to be fragile. And it's not even meant to be robust, but the human spirit and the human soul is meant to be anti-fragile. It is meant to actually grow when disorder, trauma, and stress impact it. Um, and we might see that an example of that would be our muscles. When we, when our muscles experience stress, meaning repetitive weightlifting or squats or um, push-ups, it actually is doing some damage to the fibers of your muscles. And yet the body is meant to recover from that and become anti-fragile um, when it experiences this stress and this disorder. So, so my question for you is mothers experience a fair amount of stress and disorder and trauma and adversity when we're mother, in the process of becoming a mother. Just the process of bearing a child, um, creates disorder within our system. It creates stress, stretches out our uterus. It can affect our bone structure. It can do damage to your body. So what is it that causes some mothers to move towards anti-fragility and other mothers to move towards fragility. What is it in our past, in the heritage we have of our mothers and our grandmothers and our great-grandmothers, when they experienced stress and trauma of warfare or the Great Depression or some type of um, suffering through sicknesses or plagues, that often moved them towards anti-fragility. Not to say that it didn't, you know, I'm sure there was dysfunction back then that moved people towards fragility, but this concept of post-traumatic stress disorder has caused us to believe that stress and trauma always results in disorder. And Dr. Bruce Perry, in his book and in his work, he questions that. And he says, really? Do we really know that? That stress and trauma and disorder always produce disease? What about these children that went through tremendous suffering and yet were able to heal their brains through close connection to clan and community and came out stronger? And so he coined a term that he calls post-traumatic stress wisdom. Um, and he makes the claim that it is possible that trauma and stress and adversity can result in sickness. However, it is the normal progression of somebody who's connected to clan and community that their trauma, stress, and adversity will actually produce wisdom and anti-fragility in them and a strength of character that then leads to some type of calling in their life. And so this is the idea I want to put before you as a mom, that what is your view of disorder, adversity, and trauma? What is your operating um, perspective of when those things hit you, when, when the trials of life, when the fine, your husband gets laid off, when there's infidelity in your marriage, when you have a child who's sick or struggling with a mental health disorder, when you experience adversity in your own body and you have a sickness that you can't figure out at the bottom of it, but what does that type of adversity produce in you. And I think we'd all agree we would love to be anti-fragile moms. We would love to be able to grow in our mental strength so that um, we could embrace this and we would love to pass that on to our children. You know, we have a scriptural perspective on suffering and trials that I would say is pretty opposed to the modern pop psychology view of suffering and trials. You know, if psychology tells us that trauma produces stress and stress creates a disorder, which then can be a diagnosable disease, 
That's pretty opposed to the perspective that James gives us on trials. You know, in the first chapter of James, when he says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, for suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance must do its work in you until you're mature and complete, not lacking anything. Sounds a lot like post-traumatic stress wisdom to me. So we are going to um, wrestle with this idea of motherhood and mental strength, of anti-fragility, and what, where is the direction that our culture is going when it um, refers to adversity and tries to avoid trauma at all costs? And where should we, as gospel-centered women, um, reorient our mind to have more of a James perspective on adversity and suffering and trials rather than the modern-day perspective of avoiding it at all costs? And so one of the resources that we have available under the free resources section of our website is a mental strength self evaluation. Um, and this functions a little differently than the quiz. It's simply a PDF that um, is based on a book um, written by Amy Morton called 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do. And um, so if you're interested, I, I've made lots of book recommendations and I'll put them in the podcast notes as well. Um, but this idea that there are 13 things that mentally strong people don't do. And sometimes if we're trying to move away from something, we need something to move towards. But we have to be able to define what are these things that mentally strong people don't do. So in her book, this is what she, each chapter is um, the title of a thing that they don't do. So listen to these 13 things. Mentally strong people don't waste time feeling sorry for themselves. Mentally strong people don't give away their power. Mentally strong people don't shy away from change. Mentally strong people don't waste energy on things they can't control. Mentally strong people don't worry about pleasing everyone. Mentally strong people don't fear taking calculated risks. Mentally strong people don't dwell on the past. Mentally strong people don't make the same mistakes over and over. Mentally strong people don't resent other people's success. Mentally strong people don't give up after the first failure. Mentally strong people don't fear time alone. Mentally strong people don't feel the world owes them anything. And mentally strong people don't expect immediate results. So as you hear all of those statements and you evaluate yourself, you know, we could say mentally strong mamas don't waste time feeling sorry for themselves or giving away their power, shying away from change or waste energy on things they can't control. It's one thing for us to recognize, yes, I want those to be true of me. It's a whole nother thing for us to be able to move towards mental strength and to create a plan of action for how am I going to embrace mental strength in my own life? And then, of course, the first thing we want to do is pass it on to our children. And it's very difficult to pass something on that we don't first embrace. And so the, the challenging thing about motherhood is... Um, we have to fly the plane while we're building it. So, you know, if you've been a mom for any time, you found yourself giving advice to your children and then you have that prick in your conscience and think, oh my goodness, I'm telling them to do things that I know I'm not living out and I'm not doing myself. And so it's the, it's the blessing and the curse of being a mother and being a leader in your home is that we do have to speak the truth to our children even before we're able to walk in that truth victoriously. And so in this download on mental 
mental strength on the website. The second part of it is a parenting towards mental strength quiz. So I've taken these 13 statements and I've turned them into how do you parent? Do you parent towards mental strength um, or do you parent in such a way that enables your child not to grow in their mental strength. And so there's 13 statements there that you would evaluate yourself on in terms of, do I allow victimhood in my home? Do I allow my children to give away their power? Do I encourage a a fear of change in my home? Do I enable my children to waste their energy on things they can't control? And so between these two evaluations, I think it will cause you to begin to recognize what are the habits that might be buried in my life that lead me away from mental strength? And how can I make small pivots towards mental strength? And um, a couple months ago in my community, we have a mom's night out and I often will come up with a theme or a topic. And so I was really fascinated about this idea. And so I hosted a mom's night out and the topic of it was matrescence and embracing adversity through anti-fragility. So we were discussing how do we as mothers create a culture in our home that embraces adversity through anti-fragility. And we looked back at that book, Comfort Crisis, and one of the claims he makes is that we are raising a very mentally weak culture because our children are experiencing a comfort crisis, because all of the trials that used to produce strength of character in previous generations, we've created a society that they don't have to experience that. I mean, I'm so grateful my children have never seen war. But on the other hand, there is a weakness in their um, character and identity because they've never seen more. I'm so grateful that we have thermostats on the wall of our home and we have climate controlled homes. But I know if my children grew up having to make a wood fire and having no air conditioning, there would be a depth of of strength in them because of that difficulty. And I'm so glad that we have access to healthy foods. And as soon as my children get a fever, I can give them a Tylenol or I can take them down to urgent care. But in previous generations, they didn't have that. So he explains in the comfort crisis that mothers often have to manufacture adversity for our children in order to give them the opportunity to gain from disorder and stress and to grow post-traumatic stress, wisdom, and depth of character. And it might be true of us too. As moms, we frankly might live in too comfortable of an environment, and that could be one of the causes that we lack that depth of fortitude and grit and mental strength that mothers in our past have experienced. Um, So we may have to think, wow, how can I manufacture adversity in my own life so that I can grow in character. And as you can see, this is a polar opposite perspective of the world. If we have the world on the far left that's trying to avoid adversity and trauma and stress and disorder, and if we have James in the middle saying, consider it pure joy when adversity comes or trials, it's a whole nother perspective to actually seek out adversity, to seek some form of suffering, to seek some form of um, disorder so that we can grow in character. A really small example of this might be the, you know, the trend of cold baths, that that is a form of seeking discomfort and adversity because you know it produces an anti-fragility in your immune system and in other aspects of your body and your lymph nodes and all the healthy things that are happening. So that would be a really practical example. But what are other examples in your life that you can 
actually manufacture adversity and discomfort and even little t trauma, traumas in your life so that you can grow and gain from those experiences. And, um, you know, I've, I've brought up a lot of concepts. This is a, a, a topic that gets discussed in depth in our, um, Matrescence coaching groups. And so if, if this piques your interest, I would encourage you to go to our website, click on the free um, resources and download the mental strength self-evaluation and um, mental parenting towards mental strength evaluation and share it with a friend and say, hey, I found this resource. Can we go out to coffee? Can we discuss this? Because as Bruce Perry talks about, it's not the circumstances or the suffering in your life that produces brokenness. It's experiencing those circumstances and suffering alone apart from connection that brings the actual disorder to your life. And so gospel matrescence is built around the concept that a close connection with clan and community will help us grow in our matrescence journey. And that's why we believe in the coaching groups and, um, Actually, we're going to be hosting an annual retreat next December, most likely a three day gospel matrescence retreat where we can come together and we can experience some of the joy of motherhood and community. And um, you've heard me say before, I don't think it takes a village to raise a child, but I do believe it takes a village to raise a mama. And here at Gospel Matrescence, we are trying to build that village that allows each of us to um, be exposed to ideas we wouldn't have been exposed to, to go through disorder and try and adversity together and to watch how God heals and grows us and brings us from that fragile mother to a true, robust, anti-fragile mother that has grown in strength and character and wisdom based on the adversity that she's experienced in her life. So hopefully this um, leaves you inspired for the day as you as you face disorder and chaos and adversity in your home. I hope that something I've said today will lift your eyes to the horizon and give you the hope that you can build mental strength through adversity, that you can gain from disorder. And as you learn to embrace discomfort, you may be able to reclaim that wild, happy, healthy mama deep down inside you. So thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time.